0: Uh, shifting the Atmosphere by Bishop Jason Nelson And speaking of Bishop Jason Nelson We have Bishop Jason Nelson on the phone yes. Hey man, everybody welcome Bishop Jason Nelson Hey,
1: hey, hey, what's going on
2: y'all? Good morning
0: Good morning Good morning So Bishop, one, um, one thing that I did have as a question for you Just to start it off the gate How do you manage... How do you manage having um, a music career and running full ministry?
1: Hmm. Honestly, it's not really that hard anymore. I- initially, it was a lot more difficult um, because I had not um, figured out how to prioritize it. Okay. Now, um, I've been doing this for you know quite a few years now as both a pastor and an artist. Um, I've recognized the need to say no. I've recognized that I can't necessarily stand on every platform that I want to, um, and that there are some opportunities that I'm just going to miss, you know, for the sake of doing my assignment. Um, You know, my hierarchy um, is set up, you know, God, then family, and then church, and um, church and ministry. And then, so as a result, um, I'm very, very aware of what's happening with regard to. Um, what's happening in my household with my wife and my children and the church um, comes after that. The ministry, you know, as well comes after that. So, you know, when, when I learned how to say no, life got a whole lot easier.
0: Amen. And then one thing I wanted to ask you. So, what brought you into singing? Um, was it something that you kind of just got into in church at a younger age,' Because, like everyone knows here, reason why I started singing was because I didn't want to be an usher and stand, and I thought the choir ropes was awesome <laughs> <laughs> so how did you start singing? for me,
1: it was um more about the the need to um of follow in the footsteps of my dad not necessarily with preaching but just because we grew up in church Amen. church culture was a, was a normal part of what we did regularly so um you know as early as you know seven or eight years old or nine years old we we're probably doing you know junior ushers and things of that nature and um and then my brother jonathan and i would sing regularly in church so um, and, and that was because my father made us do it, not necessarily because we had a desire to. But eventually we started to enjoy it. Um, so I would say it's probably a combination of just following in the footsteps of, you know, being part of a, a, being a PK.
0: But the other part is because my father told me to. And we just learned how to love certain facets of ministry. Mm-hmm. Amen. And one thing I wanted to ask is, um, what what was your your i guess you could say your moment when you got the call um, and what was the obstacle that you saw uh, i'll give you an example so when when i got called in the ministry everyone i was singing and everyone kept saying you're going to be a pastor you're going to preach and i was like no <laughs> i like singing and i didn't accept the calling until i stopped you know i stopped running and i finally accept the calling of ministry and actually preaching what was your Go to moment when you got that call, like, okay, I am I was destined to spread the gospel?
1: Man, that's a good question. Um, I would say probably, I was probably seven, 16, 17 years old. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, I remember having a conversation with my father around 17, telling him I felt a call to ministry to preaching um, and I didn't really understand exactly what it meant at the time I just knew that there was something that was driving me to have this conversation with my dad and um you know it, it, it at least a knowledge at that point that I sensed that there was something else that I was supposed to do and um my dad was like are you sure son I'm like yes sir this, this is really what I believe is supposed to happen and um and as a result, you know, we I started to sit in the minister's classes and things of that nature to kind of start being trained. So I started, I've been trained for a long time. But interestingly enough, I didn't really start preaching for probably another 10 years. Wow. Yeah, so I knew, but I wasn't necessarily operating in it.
3: Yes, uh, I have a question for you. What, what is your process in writing a song?
1: Okay, so for me... I, I don't know if I'm weird or not. So let me let me say this as an onset: <laughs> I'm a weirdo, or, or if this is kind of the mainstream way that things happen. But for me, I I don't have a set way to write. Um, I get inspiration from basically anything. So I've been inspired to write, you know, reading books. I've been inspired to write watching movies. Um, I've been inspired to write by. Um, Hearing people's experiences and testimonies, um, I've been inspired to write. As a you know, as a preacher, I preach sermons and then wrote songs from it. Mm-hmm. I am is, a, is really the result of a of a, of a sermon um, that the Lord gave me, and I ended up writing a song as you know as a result of that sermon that I preached. Um, and I remember it was about the names of God, and I had just preached I am, and I got on a plane. While I was on the plane, the Lord downloaded the lyrics and the melody for. Um, I am. So it, it, it depends for me. Um, I've written songs with just lyrics and not knowing what the melody is going to be. Then I've written songs where I, all I had was a melody, not knowing what the lyrical content was going to be until later on. So um, I'm, you know, I, I run the gamut with regard to songwriting. I'm, just, I'm open, and whatever God wants to say, however He wants to say it, then I submit myself to
0: that. Amen.
2: Good morning Bishop This is Lady AJ And I wanted to kind of Follow up with um, Coach Because I was curious about You as a songwriter I mean your songs are lovely But when um, When did you first Realize that you had The gift to write songs And what was your first song That you wrote Mm. Oh
1: first
2: song Man Y'all asking some tough questions (laughs) 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 I, um, I don't Actually, remember
1: the first song I wrote. Okay. Um, but I know it was in the
2: late '90s. Okay. But I really started kind of writing
1: seriously, um, like '97, '98. Okay. Somewhere around there, I know it was around right around the time where I, where I just got married, because I spent tons of hours in the studio recording songs. I do remember a song I wrote, but the earliest songs I wrote was a song called "I Apologize." Hmm. A, this is when I thought I was going to be the um, uh, the answer to Dawkins and Dawkins kind of feel.
2: <laughs>
1: so, this, so this is before they had actually termed or coined the phrase uh, um, rhythm and praise. I don't know if y'all right. y'all remember that that yeah. terminology. Uh, so be, but before rhythm and praise was coined, I was writing in that kind of vein, um, and uh, so the song you know was. Real R and B kind of, you know, vibe. And I was like, I apologize mm-hmm. for all the things I've done. i let you down so many times. Instead of truth I told you lies. It's time for me to return. I realize I apologize. Hmm. That was one of the first songs I wrote.
0: Wow. You had years ago. Yeah. You do got that R and B. Twist to it. It sounded like some Black Street right there. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: I, and I love Black Street back in the day. Teddy Riley and the vocoder yeah. and, you know, Talkbox and all of that. So that, the, all of that helped to shape, you know, who I was as a musician back in the day. And, and, and because I was more musician than singer back then, um, I think my music took on that frame of reference.
2: Amen. Speaking of Black Street, Um, I was wondering if you have always been solo or did you start out in a group?
1: Hmm. I've never been part of a group, believe it or not, unless you count being, you know, a part of the Nelson clan. (laughs) 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 But beyond that, no, I've never been a part of a group. I've always been um, a solo artist. Um, with background singers. I've never been a part of, you know, um, a group. Well, technically, I, I guess it was not true because I was a part of Donald Lawrence and Company. Um, I was one of the founding members of, of Company back in 2004. So technically, I guess that includes a group, but I was more like a BGV back then than a lead singer.
0: Okay. Amen. So, speaking of the Donald Lawrence group, so you knew, D- uh, Daryl Cooley? I,
1: I did. Absolutely. He was a huge influence. That is a
0: phenomenal. I, I, I listened to Daryl Coley's When Sunday Comes, probably on regular, on my playlist, and man, he was a phenomenal singer. All day long. How was he personally? Most, most good gospels male singers can trace some of their roots to Daryl Coley. Right. Wow. How was he when? So, how was your experience with um, being with Donald Lawrence's group? It
1: it was actually a lot of fun to be. To be honest, Um, it was a great learning experience for me. Um, I had no idea exactly what was um, my truth yet. So, Mm. singing with Donald, I learned. Locally, some places that I never that I never really experimented with before, in my in, you know uh, personally. Um, but also he helped with songwriting, he helped with stage presence. Um, he helped me get over my fear because you know I'm I'm really an introvert mm-hmm. uh, by nature, and he helped me kind of uh, work past that so I could be
0: in uh, a lot more present on stage. Amen. Wow. And so we have. A question on the Steeple Awards. How do you feel about the Steeple Awards coming up?
1: How do I feel about the Steeple Awards coming up? I mean, I, I always love when um, artists and, you know, uh, songwriters are, are not just represented well, but also celebrated. I think there isn't, to be qu- quite honest, enough of that, um, especially in this particular kind of setting where we're in in the um, church realm where a lot of,
2: of who we are and what we do is kind of overlooked. right? I like the fact that
1: the the steeple awards um, celebrate the the newer artists and the upcoming artists as well. I think that is a, a necessary tool to help build confidence to um, show that some of these, especially the newer artists, the up and coming artists, um, have value and that what they're offering um, is, is actually going to be qualitative and quantitatively appreciated. Mm.
2: Amen. Uh, Bishop, I wanted to know, do you exclusively sing your songs or do you sing songs written by other songwriters?
1: Well, I've sung seen, I've seen songs by other songwriters as well. I, think okay. that, I have no issue whatsoever in that regard. Um, I love being my own, you know, songwriter, but right. I also um, am very open to singing the songs of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, what, one of the, one of my bigger songs that was written by somebody else is So In Love. Okay. Um, that was written by Darius Polk from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And uh, on this new record, I, um, a guy named Sean Bigby, who's a, another songwriter, he's kind of an established songwriter, And he's an artist as well. Um, He wrote a song called Never Go A Day that we recorded as well. Mm, Um, So I'm definitely open to to singing
0: other people's music. It just
2: has to speak to me. Right.
0: What's your, speaking of that, what is your favorite um, old school song? So like mine's is,
2: (laughs) anointing,
0: fall on me. I love that song. Ron Cannoli, um... He spoke to me in that song. That's my old school go-to if I get just put on the spot to sing. What is your favorite old school gospel song?
1: Mm. Again, these are some great questions. (laughs) (laughs) What's my favorite old school song? Now, you know, when I was younger, that is probably not true today. But when I was younger, I used to always sing, I love you, Lord, and I live my voice. To worship you, oh my soul, rejoice. Mm. joy, my King, and
2: what you hear. And let it be a sweet sound in your ear. I used to sing that all the time. Amen.
3: It's beautiful. Yes, uh, this is Coach. I have a question for you. Uh, I saw on your Instagram, you put, Fear will make you believe that yesterday has more power than to tomorrow. Do not fail. Can you elaborate on that a little bit?
1: Okay, so that that really is is
2: a a quote from a message I just preached um, on
1: Tuesday, as a matter of fact, uh, at our church. um, Out of Exodus 14, when the children of Israel got delivered from uh, Egypt and uh, Pharaoh and the army started to chase after them. And the Bible says, I think it's in verse number 10, Exodus 14 and 10. It says, when the children of Israel saw them, they greatly feared and they said to Moses... Um, you should have left us in Egypt. Mm. So so the mindset was their understanding, because they were afraid, they made the statement that we were better where we where we were versus where we are going. Mm-hmm. And fear has a way of causing us to revert back to the things that God has generally delivered us from, mm-hmm. freed us from, or sent us away from. because a lot of times where we' where we were, We learned to adjust to it, and we maintain a mindset that at least I'm comfortable
2: here. A lot
1: of times the purpose of God pushes you into a place where you're not comfortable for a season. So
0: fear says revert versus progress. Mm -hmm. And it's it's crazy that you said that. God works in amazing ways. Because what Coach is saying, what you said about the sermon that you preached, I was just doing in studies yesterday, and I posted something from the studies I was reading and saying that comforting your fears is by um, the only way you could comfort your fear is by getting closer to God. Mm. And, and a lot of things that we look at in our lives of uncertainties because you know everyone has the fear of the unknown. What's next? And there's a lot of times where you got to do that transfer of trust to God and saying, okay, I'm not going to sit here and stress, worry. Mm. Or try to make up anything. I'm just going to let God be God and take control. Amen. Indeed, indeed. But it's hard to get to that place um, mentally because
1: one of the th- one of the hardest things to do is abdicate control back to God. we right. We like to know what's going to happen next. Right. And when God is in control, we can't always control what the narrative is. So um, that I think that's the reason why I'm most people especially Christians get in trouble because we say we're surrendered but we want control over the narrative and that's not what surrender is hmm.
0: and, and that goes into um one promise I love that's my favorite scripture Jeremiah 29 and 11 God will give you joy hope in the future and no evil intent towards you what and that brings me to my next question what is your favorite go-to scripture hmm. to encourage you
2: <laughs> <laughs> I have just one. It depends on what I'm, you know, I mean,
1: where I am, what, what space I'm in, and if, any particular day. So I don't have any. I, you, you know, used to have like back in the day. When I shall live was a big song. That was my go-to scripture, Psalms one eighteen and seventeen. I shall not die, but live to declare the works of the Lord. Now it just depends. Mm. Um, my my rolodex of scriptures that I can just kind of draw from. Um, is a lot more expansive as I've grown in God, as I as I matured, you know. So I, now, you know, Philippians one and six, you know, he that has begun a work in you shall perform it till the day of Jesus Christ. Um, uh, Philippians four, my God shall supply all of my need according to His riches and glory. Just it, it really just depends. And Sometimes, like I, I have scriptures that that pull up, you know, like um, Isaiah sixty one or Luke four, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and He's anointed me too. Because sometimes you have to re- be reminded that the assignment that's on your life is also
0: graced, amen. But for for you know um,
1: success and for completion. So for me, I don't necessarily have a "quote unquote" go to scripture. Um, I kind of pull on whatever I need on that on that particular day in order to get to the place that God intends.
0: Amen.
2: Um, Bishop, I have another question. You spoke earlier about balancing, you know, your family and your ministry as well as your career as a artist and so my question to you is what do you do to replenish yourself what what kind of hobbies do you have or you know what things what things just bring you back because you give so much but how do you how do you get that back within yourself
1: one of my favorite one of my favorite pastimes is actually reading.
2: Okay,
1: um, I am an avid reader. I read. I try to read something fresh every day. Okay, um, but then I also, you know, and that is spiritual. But I also have a um, a real knack or or desire to read, like um, James Patterson, one of my favorite authors. Okay, um, uh, David Baldacci is another author who I, I like to read. And they write kind of like thrillers, whodunits mm-hmm. kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I do that. And then the other thing I do is I, I spend a lot of time watching movies.
2: Okay.
1: Uh, movies gives, gives me the ability to kind of veg out for a little while without having to figure it out. I just let the movie talk to me.
2: Right, um, right. So
1: those are the two things that I generally do. I be, and, I, and I mentioned earlier that I'm an introvert, mm-hmm. so I like to withdraw. Yes. In order to recover, Amen. Okay. I, I can't recover in a group of people. I right. can only do that by myself.
2: Right, Amen.
0: Amen. So, Pastor, I want I want I want to ask this. So. um while watching movies, have you ever got a sermon out of the movie that you
2: watched?
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was weird. Because I've, I've had a lot. Like you know, I've had one called Terminators. I've used Finding Nemo. I'm, this <laughs> Sunday, I'm about to talk about Black Panther. And it's not about the movie. It's about just things that I just came at me that God was speaking to me about. But mm. What What have you got from it? Man, listen. When
1: the <laughs> Matrix came out, I, I don't know how many
2: messages I got out of the Matrix. Oh wow! Matrix. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, just, I could, I could, the Matrix has so much, um, biblical content attached to it that mm-hmm. they
1: kind of switch to make it feel, you know, a little bit more consumer ready. But there are a lot of innuendo biblically drawn. Like the ship that, um, that they were on was called the Nebuchadnezzar. Um, mm. Neo was called the one. It was an anagram. Neo is, is, is an anagram for, for one. Um, the um, the whole concept of you were born to be a savior was basically a rip off of, of the whole message of Christ. Mm. Mm. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. I mean, I, I I can get revelation basically out of anything. You just got to pay attention. The Lord is always talking. The Bible, the Bible mm-hmm. says that yeah. man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So um, that's Deuteronomy eight and, and um, Luke four. So in Matthew 4 So the the whole point is If you're paying attention God is always talking We just aren't always Dialed into his frequency
2: So You know I try to always stay in tune To what he's saying Even if I'm doing something That's leisure Amen okay. Amen
3: This is Coach uh Uh like, I'm a little bit new to, to to Christianity and stuff, even though I always believed in it, but I'm understanding the importance of prayer. So, what would you say to somebody who is newly coming to Christ and the power of prayer?
1: Mm-hmm. Rephrase that one more time. I, oh. I just want to make sure I understood.
3: So, I'm basically, like, new. I've been going to church for a while, but i I really just been, i just been attending. I haven't been getting fed. Now I'm actually eating at the table, mm. and um, I'm I'm understanding the power of prayer. What would you tell somebody who uh, is newly coming to Christ about the power of prayer?
1: Okay, that's that, that's a great question. In in Acts chapter number ten, um, the Bible talks about a man named Cornelius. Mm-hmm. The Bible says Cornelius is, he's not regenerated. He's, or I should say he's not filled with the Holy Ghost, um, but. He, the Bible says he spends time in prayer and he has his family spending time in prayer. The Bible says that his prayers and his alms or his benevolence comes up as a memorial before God. So if you're just getting started, prayer is one of those things that, that puts, puts you in God's mind. Mm-hmm. It, so it, it brings up your name regularly. So as much as you pray, your name runs across, the, if, if you can imagine, It's like a a ticker that's running across the face of God. And he sees your name every time you pray. He goes up as a memorial. So, you know, prayers definitely are not wasted. They are necessary. Um, Jesus said um, that we should always pray and not faint. And if you look at the life of Jesus, there were plenty of times where he would pull aside just so he could pray. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because prayer is the communication between us and God and God and us. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important that we maintain that level of, of you know, a solvent prayer life because that is how we figure out some things. It's where your revelation comes from. It's your regular communication with God. It's a necessity um, for the success of any believer.
2: Amen. 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 Um Yes, you mentioned earlier that you're an introvert. So I was wondering, how do you prepare for performances or, like, of any kind?
1: Say that one more time. How do I prepare for
2: performances when you're about to get on stage or speak in front of people?
1: You faded out just a little bit. I, I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you.
2: How do you prepare for performances? Oh, and, okay. And just speaking in front of people.
1: Well, for for me, preparing for for the performances. I mean, it, it's once I know what what I'm supposed to do. You know, as a, as a singer, I I try to be in that environment. Um, you know. The, the, for me, I, you get fed and you get replenished in worship. So I, I try not to go to environments where I'm, you know, I'm in the back room laughing and joking and whatnot. I want to know what the, the feel and the culture of that house is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can get a, you know, so it gives me a gauge on what should happen, what shouldn't happen, what I should say, what I should not say, mm-hmm. what I should sing, what I shouldn't sing. Um, so I always try to, to sit in that environment, to sit in the worship, um, to get a good feel for what's supposed to happen and what my assignment is. So that those are that's probably the thing that I do most is I get into that environment early to make sure
0: that I'm doing what I need to do. Gotcha. And then what got so what's I guess you could say what kind of skills or type of habits did you have to develop to get out of being introverted, so that you could be able to be at your full extent, to be able to record the way you need to record, to be able to perform the way you could perform, and to be able to just preach in front of the multitude and give your all without worrying, you know, having that, cause I think a lot of people are introverted, cause I am, but a lot of people don't believe it, cause I, I talk too much for people. <laughs> but I would love, I would love, I always love being by myself. I think that's the best time I get with God but I'm always required as well but how did, how did you get out of that mode I guess you could say so that you could be able to serve to your 100% mm. man for, I, you know for me
1: I, I'm always an introvert I just rely on the grace that God has given me to do mm-hmm. the assignment that he's, that he's given me to do mm-hmm. um, you know if, if God didn't grace me to do what I do I would be an abject failure when it comes to Standing in front of people because I'm such an introvert. I don't want to be noticed. I don't want to be looked at. I don't want to be out front. Um,
0: So I have to override that based on the grace that God has given me.
2: Mm. Amen. Amen.
0: And then it's a two part question, and we'll be going into our last questions. The first one is, because you're of both, what would you tell the upcoming minister um, as a vice, being a bishop as you are, and what would you tell the upcoming gospel singer um, with your expertise of singing?
1: Okay, what was the, f- the, the first thing? Because I heard a little blip so I missed
0: Okay, got you. So the first question would be, what would you say to the upcoming minister in the ministry? Okay.
1: Okay, upcoming minister and an upcoming artist. So, upcoming minister, do not get ahead of your skis. When you're in ministry, part of our assignment is preparation. And I think nowadays, you know, when when you can go on social media and you know watch a good sermon or hear a good hooper, we have, we have a tendency to believe that the celebration is basically the the crux of the preaching. When it's really the the content Mm -hmm. that you build a celebration on. Um, And so I would say to the upcoming preacher don't get ahead of study Mm -hmm. and and learning to properly exegete exegete a text and and break down a text and and understand exactly what the language of that text is, who that that text was talking to originally and how it applies to modern day life. Um, That's what I would say to any young preacher. Don't search for the stage if you haven't first done the preparation that is necessary for you to be successful. To the artist, I would say, it's very similar, hone your craft. Mm-hmm. Spend some time making sure that who you are as an artist is authentic. Work who you are. Don't try to be a, a copy of somebody else that currently exists because ultimately you're gonna find yourself um, trying to repeat something that's already infected in the earth. Um, and I think nowadays, um, we have a lot of artists and singers who emulate other singers and artists, and what we're basic, what they're basically doing is robbing the earth of the uniqueness of who they are. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think it's important to to
2: figure out your particular truth and
1: operate in that particular regard. Because um, if you don't, ultimately, you're setting yourself up to fail.
2: Amen. Amen. So, Bishop, are there any particular uh, projects that you're working on now?
1: Well, my new single, Forever, is um, currently uh, on radio and doing very well, thank the Lord. Amen. And that single is the lead to my new record, which actually drops on May the 18th, called The Answer. Um, That record basically houses solutions to some of the questions that uh, believers ask on a regular basis, you know, uh, can I be saved, can I be rescued, Is a Lord on my side, Um, you know, will I be healed, when will I be healed? Uh, is deliverance available is change available those are some questions that we ask regularly and the, this record houses those answers so um, the record comes out May 18th and uh, it will be available everywhere you either buy stream um, or download gospel music Amen
2: Amen,
0: Amen. and with that that would be our last question is there anything else that you would like to say before we um, end our interview today Bishop
1: I know that no. This is a, this is a great time. Thank you for having me on. I, I'm greatly uh, appreciative of it, and I, I pray God's grace and blessings on you all.
0: Amen. Thank you. And we appreciate you coming on. And we're definitely praying that God blesses everything that you touch. Amen. Amen.
1: amen. I appreciate you guys.
0: Amen. You have a great day today. Nice you too. take care. Bye bye. Amen. Amen. That was Bishop Jason Nelson. You heard May eighth go out and buy his album The Answer you can find it on all the platforms definitely just go check out his album we're going to be playing forever in our outros Um but it's that time I'm Pastor J. you can find me at Pastor underscore J 90 and get a word get an inspirational message Monday through Saturday and if you don't want it to end and you're here in the Las Vegas area you can come and see Pastor Jay at Judah Family Community Church 3739 Glen Ave Las Vegas, Nevada 89121 or you could watch me on the Judah Family Community Facebook page Judah Family Community Church Facebook page and see us on the virtual campus of the word today so that you can be able to get your word. You always got your phone in your hand. You might as well get a word <laughs> and Amen. watch the word. Amen. Um, and remember that April 29th Gospel Fest April 29th Gospel Fest I want you all to remember that Gospel Fest Is April 29th And it's free And it's going to Doors are opening at 10 Anointed Radio will be streaming live It will be the longest um, Radio airing that we've had From 7 to 1 a.m. When Oh not 1 a.m. 1 p.m. <laughs> hey man that would be super long <laughs> I'm going to just play music Who was that long But um definitely check us out if you're in the Las Vegas area come out full multitude there's not many Christian events in Vegas so let's stand out in the multitudes and start standing yes. out for god and and coming together and unifying as a body of christ and worship together i know that it's a sunday i know it's 10 o'clock i know a lot of services are happening but how great will it be when brothers d- dwell together how good and pleasant would it yes. be psalms Amen. 133 just want you to know that because when we come together you can sacrifice one sunday regular in tradition Mm. To come together So that you can meet other Christians And we can build together And be able to make this sin city Into another city of angels Mm. But I want you to understand That in my outros Common sense is not common
2: And this is Lady AJ Reminding everyone to stay focused This is Miss Maya Saying happiness is a choice And
3: this is Coach Hill. I just want to reiterate the prayers I really needed today for my cousin that's in the hospital. I need it for my friend's family that's going through it in Missouri. And I need it for my friend whose daughter is missing. And it's a touchy subject because he's a real close friend. I, I haven't reached out to him yet because I know he's focused on finding his daughter. And this is Coach signing off. Remember, patience is a talent that a lot of people don't have. Amen. We're going to see you next week. Here is Jason Nelson's Forever.